Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. From 8 to 18 was all about just trying to survive. And I came out of childhood just saying, like, I'll never do that. Like, whatever that was that happened, that will never be me. Uh, and then I began to just recreate it. And I think you have to understand what messages you're taking away from the past. Well, what has that taught me? I think for a long time, what I, what I really was after was I was after affirmation instead of truth. Dear young married couple, are you one of those people who just want to cast vision and go into the future and make plans about what's going to happen in your business and your life, but you neglect to look back, look at your past, look what's happened? Yeah. And you've heard us talk about it. We talk about the past quite a bit on our podcast, but we want to emphasize to you today that the past really does affect us. And if we don't deal with it, then it's going to affect us even more in negative ways. So today we bring on to the podcast, Jason Van Ruler. He is a licensed therapist and he began his career in 2011. Uh, Many of his clients are top CEOs, performers, and artists out of Nashville, and just about everyone in between, the incarcerated up to those top CEOs. He just has extensive experience as a clinician and as a speaker, and now as an author, um, he wrote the book, Get Past Your Path. And so today, that's what we're going to talk about, how to do that, and, and really practical application. You're going to have some things to really apply. Yeah, get ready for a fun conversation. Welcome, Jason Van Ruler, to the podcast. Thanks so much for being with us today. Welcome. Hey, thanks. Thanks so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this. Ah, well, today, the day we're recording this is book launch day. But the day that this episode comes out, you will have had the book out for a few weeks already. And we are looking forward to talking today about getting past your past. Yeah. Like, I love that title. And obviously, you know that there's a lot of people who need to get past their past or don't even realize that they have a past they need to get over. Right. So, yeah, they just carry it around. And and we all do that. I mean, to some extent, right? We just, Mm -hmm. we carry that thing that isn't really helpful, uh, but we're not quite sure what to do with it. So, when did you realize that you were doing this? I wish earlier. Let me be honest. I wish (laughs) a lot earlier than I did. 
I think it was when I just kind of kept seeing like these patterns in my life that I had said I, I wouldn't have happening and wondering what that was about and, and seeing and realizing I was the common thread. Mm. It was like, oh, yeah, this was so much easier when I thought it was somebody else's fault. <laughs> Me but again. it looks like I have something to do with this. Uh, you mean taking responsibility? <laughs> Well, I did that very slowly. I didn't want to rush that process. So I, I just <laughs> dipped a toe in the water. But yes, eventually I had to. Uh, wow. So so back us up to your story. Um, what went on in your past? You're pretty open about some of that history in your book. Yeah, so I, um, in a lot of ways, I was born in into a family that everything just looked the way it was supposed to. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it was It was great. And there was a lot of stability. Um, and so I really relished in that and, and that was a safe space. Um, and then at age eight, my parents divorced. And so that was sort of who saw that coming. I didn't, maybe they did, maybe they'd say, we saw it coming, but I eight year old me didn't. Um, and so what happened after is my life really just kind of went down a different path. And so what happened is, uh, my parents didn't have a healthy divorce. It did not lead them to be better people. Um, in fact, it led us to a lot of instability and volatility and so really from eight to 18 was all about just trying to survive. Mm -hmm. So I went from this magical sort of like, um, hey, you know, Jason, what do you want to get for the house? What toys do you want? How can we do it? To um, I wonder if we'll pay rent this month. Mm. And so it was just a very dramatic change. Um, and so it really sent me reeling. Um, and, and I came out of childhood just saying, like, I'll never do that. Like whatever that was that happened, yeah. uh, that will never be me. Uh, and then I began to just recreate it, you know, because that's what you do. You know, yeah. you're like, this will never happen again. And like, I'm building it. I'm building yeah. it for myself. Do you see that happening a lot with with people that you talk to and work with of the, like the recreation of their past? Yeah, I do. And and it's not it's not intentional. I mean, certainly the people would tell you and I would have told you, you know, 18 year old me. Uh, would have would have thrown their graduation cap in the air and said, this is it. I'll never be here again. Mm. Um, so I think we have like great intentions about that. But if we don't really understand how we got there or what it was about that, that we need to change, we are likely to recreate it because it's just what we know. Yeah. Wow. That makes sense. So how does that end up happening? Like how, how did you see that happening in your life and what steps did you take to shift that perspective or what did you change to, uh, to have that successful life going forward? Yeah, there was a moment I talk a little bit about it in the book where I, I kind of caught this reflection of myself in the mirror and, uh, not to say I never look in the mirror, but I don't think I ever looked in the mirror that way. Uh, and it was just this moment of sort of seeing that who I had said I'd become and who I was, those were two very different things. Mm. And that as much as I had dreamt of what it might look like, instead, it looked a lot like where I came from. And so I think in that moment, you know, I'd love to say, well, I'm really smart. So I just realized it and changed that day. No, 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 no. Wasn't like that at all. But in that moment, I think I started to kind of plant a seed of if you want it to be different, maybe you have to do something different. Mm. So what happened? What happened in your past that that helped you see that in that light? I think I just got to a place that I had never wanted to be. You know, mm -hmm. I, I was just doing all the things I, you know, for me, stability is really important. And so when I caught myself in, in the mirror there, I'm, I'm drinking, I'm using drugs, I'm doing financial stuff where I'm not paying my bills. I'm worried my car is going to be repoed. I'm doing all this stuff and I'm just like, oh, actually, I think that's my fault. 
Like there was a time where I could blame this on somebody else. Mm. And that's always the worst. It's the worst feeling when you're like, whose fault can this be? And you're like, oh, it's mine. Because I'm mm. the one in the mirror. Nobody else was there. It's me. Yes. And so that was probably the best worst day of my life is that moment. But that realization is really hard to come to that. Oh my goodness. It is me. Why do people have such a hard time with that realization? Cause I think we don't know what to do with it. You know, I, I think we don't get there intentionally. And so when you recognize like, Oh, maybe some of this is me. Um, I think our next thought is, so what do I do about that? Mm. And there's a question mark there. And, and there's a question mark even about who do I trust with this? How do I walk that out? What's that look like? Like, it's just not very well documented. It's like, mm. we all know how to identify a problem. We're pretty good at that. Uh, but we don't always talk about how to actually deal with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And boy, we aren't good with that question mark, are we? No, no. We really Me included. Are. It's tough. Yeah. Because as soon as you acknowledge, okay, I'm the problem. And then you know that the next step is what do I do about that? And you have no, that just looks like a cat, like a, you know, a crack in the ground that you're going to fall through. Yeah. Why would I admit that I'm the problem? It's easier to go play video games or go drinking or do something that just numbs you out. Yeah. You can feel good, you know? So it's kind of like with that realization comes some pain. And so, uh, do I want to feel good now or do I want to try to build something better? Mm -hmm. And I think the build something better is a tough sell. If you've had a history of it, not actually working out, you know? So it's like, it's easy to say to people like, it'll all work out. Um, and then you meet someone with a story who's like, it hasn't, you know, mm. it just actually hasn't all worked out. And so mm. I think in that moment, that's a tough sell to say like, well, just invest in yourself and it'll all work out. And they're like, eh, but will it though? Because mm -hmm. if you'd been where I've been, it hasn't. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. so good. So in your book, obviously it's talking about dealing with the stuff that you have, the past that's following you. Um, now, not trying to spoil the book because people need to go get it <laughs> and work through it. And I love how practical and to the point you are. A lot of this stuff, I was like, yeah, this is right on. Maybe give some people some of those starting steps of like what happens, what needs to happen in order to see the transformation that they want to see. You have to start by at least admitting to the issue. You know, I think that is oftentimes the first and very difficult step is just to admit to yourself, hey, this is a problem. And if I want it to be different, I have to do something about it. Now, maybe someone put this problem on me or I did it to myself or we'll work through all that. But it's just kind of the, the willingness to say this is a problem and I'll do something about it. Mm -hmm. And then the step after that is to tell somebody about what's going on so that we don't have to do it alone. Mm. That's good. And so if, if people go, well, who would I tell? They're listening. Like, do I tell my best friend? Do I tell my mom? Do I tell my pastor? Like, who would you recommend? That's a great question. Um, social media says we should tell everybody all the time. <laughs> I think you should make an Instagram post and uh, just see what shakes out. Uh, well, that's the hard part, right? Because sometimes we look at this and we say, actually, Jason, relationships are the problem. So this whole idea of tell somebody, um, that's really, really hurt me before. And so that sounds equally as dangerous as where I'm at. Right. And, and so sometimes we have to learn and talk about it in the book about how do we qualify the people we tell? How do we yeah. actually kind of identify like what that person might look like, especially if we've never had that before? Because to your point, we can't just tell anybody because not just anybody is going to help. 
Mm-hmm. Mm. Was that a natural process for you to like recognize good help? No. <laughs> I'm pretty us, good at bad help. Tell, I, I tell us about bad that. Help. Yeah. Well, I think you just, you know, you know what you're surrounded by. And, and so I think for a long time, what I, what I really was after was I was after affirmation instead of truth. And so I asked a lot of people who would tell me it's okay rather than tell me the truth. And so what I really needed to find, and this was hard for me, is to find people that would tell me the truth. Now, they did that in a loving way. Um, but when I said, hey, I'm really struggling, one version of that response would be, hey, you'll be fine. Everyone's got problems. And the other version was, um, I love you. And you're right. You are really struggling. Mm. And this is not going to end well. And so we need to do something about that. And so I think for me, the shift was, am I seeking affirmation, validation, or am I seeking the truth? Because they're different. Hmm. Wow. What you're pointing out through in both of your points of like, okay, actually noticing yourself, like what is the reality of things, which is getting to the truth. And then also the second part of like, okay, how do you vet someone? (laughs) You need to see them truly. And you need to see your inside yourself truly. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to what the Bible says: it says, you know, the truth will set you free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's radically simple. You know, I, I would love it to be more complex, and and yet it's not. You you just you have to tell the truth, and you start by doing it with yourself. How? Okay, so as I was looking through your through your book, you had a lot of writing assignments. I'm a huge fan of that, even though I don't like doing it myself. But every time I made myself, it's just been like eye-opening the things I learn about myself. Tell me your perspective around that. Um, okay, so say they're they're wanting to be vulnerable with someone, and you have, you know, you give them an assignment. Like, why is writing so powerful? And then how would you how would you help people to to see the truth and see it well? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think we just, we all know what we think in different ways. So sometimes it's through writing, you know, we write out what we think. So I'll say just, you know, write whatever comes up without judgment or criticism. We'll, we'll actually sift through it later for other people. It's, it's talking. Um, and so I'll actually tell clients like, just record yourself talking through what's going on. And then what I want that's you to good. do is to circle back and listen to it. So if you journal or you record yourself or, you know, if you want to video yourself, I don't know if that'd be for me, but if you want to video yourself and come back, watch, listen, read that again, and then notice what's coming up. Hmm. Do I sound like the person I want to be? Are there things that seem like they're themes in what I'm hearing? And are there action steps that I could actually take based on what I'm talking about? Hmm. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, you talk about in your book, changing our relationship to the past so that it actually, um, empowers us and it doesn't hold us back. How do we start that process of at once we've admitted, you know, the responsibility piece and after we've connected with someone who's speaking truth into our lives, how do you start that process of changing your relationship to the past? That's a great question. I think you have to understand what messages you're taking away from the past. So we first have to just kind of start with like, well, what has that taught me? And so I'll walk with people through some exercises about kind of like, what do I think about life? What do I think about love? What do I tell myself about relationships? What do I tell myself about this experience? Mm. And then we want to kind of sift through, is that accurate or helpful today? Good, Mm. yeah. 
Um, and so a, a prime example might be, um, you know, I, if, if you say like I had a childhood and um, I felt abandoned, therefore everyone will abandon me. Mm. I might say like, yep, okay, I hear that. I get that that made sense to child you. Uh, is that helpful? Does it make sense today? Well, Jason, probably the more accurate story or message is that some people will not consistently show up for you and some will. And you have yeah. to be careful about who you choose. And so it's just kind of reviewing that and, and doing a little bit sometimes of a reframe or more just even updating that story is what it takes to help us get to the next place. Mm. Updating that story. Talk a little bit about that concept. Yeah, because sometimes the story is just true in that context. Yeah. You know, it, it's like that that makes sense there, but it doesn't make sense anywhere else. Mm. And and so I think we have to be willing to see that it, it doesn't we can't generalize that all the time. Yeah. You know, mm. um, I, I think uh, I've gone to places and, and visited friends in other countries and they have customs where they're like, this is just what we do here. I'm like, well, that's super weird and not what I do at my house. <laughs> uh, and yet it makes good sense why they do it. Yep. You know, they're like, well, we do this because, and, and there's like a really good reason because of where they live and how they live. Yep. Uh, but it doesn't make sense here. And so I think we do that same thing in our lives if we're not careful is we generalize rules, messages, beliefs when they're different out of that context. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that is true. I'm just comparing that to like a trip we recently took and some of the customs that they have, um, you know, in their their homes and in their churches even. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Like, like, um, the idea that you wear slippers to church and you That's preach a good idea, and actually. Teach I like that one. I'm slippers. in favor. Yeah, I know. We came back and we're like, man, I wish we could be in slippers right like, now. I dig this. It's so clean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was great, but it was weird because you know, you walk in the vestibule and there's tons of like shelving where you put your slippers, Yeah. you know, or your shoes. So, and it makes sense in that context, but like, that would be really weird if we wore slippers to church here, like, yeah. you know, or tried to speak in slippers. <laughs> I mean, you could, you could, I would accept that from you, but, um, but it's different here. Right. And so I think when that happens paired with when we're kids, some of this happens and we, as kids, we don't actually have a lot of agency or control to change anything. Mm. And so if we're not careful, not only do we see, well, some people wear slippers, but then now we believe we have to wear slippers or else. Uh -huh. So we then take that and we, we project that onto ourselves as kids where we didn't have the ability to decide. And then we go, okay, now I can't even change this rule. It's just a rule for life. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I like the idea of updating the story too, because you might make new meaning one time when you're going through this healing process, but that doesn't mean you can't update the story again. Like mm -hmm. you're going to go through iterations of it as you are on this journey of healing yeah. and getting yeah. past And as past. I've grown, even in my own stuff, I see it differently today than I did a decade ago. You sure. know, yeah. man, that sounds like an old person to say a decade ago, but <laughs> a decade ago, uh, it looked different. I had a different understanding. And so right. as we kind of whittle away at those experiences, it, it begins to mean something different because we're different. Yes. Right. I think it's important for people to remember that we're all meaning making individuals or beings. Mm -hmm. And so whether, you know, you could be living out of a five-year-old story if it's not updated. Mm -hmm. And so you right. kind of need the adult to come back and say, okay, yes, that did make everything unsafe, but is that true now? Yeah. So how, what is the process for that? Like setting the record straight? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think it's just kind of going through those uh, experiences. So what we try to do is identify, you know, kind of the three to five most impactful experiences that we would identify in our past um, and why that was impactful. And then what we tell ourselves about that and how that plays out today. Because then we can start to kind of connect some threads and say, well, I actually see that belief showing up at work, or I see that here. Um, and so is there a more helpful or objective or accurate version of what happened that could help us out today? How did that happen for you? Like what threads did you see carry on? Um, I think for me, it was, uh, you know, some of those core beliefs were like, don't, don't ever get too invested. Because uh, if you get too invested, you get hurt. Um, don't ever stay any place for too long because if you do, you could get hurt. So a lot of mine were just kind of about pain avoidance. Um, mm. don't ever trust anybody too much because if you do, they'll, they'll hurt you. So, I mean, you're seeing the theme here. So then yeah. you start to look at your life and me at, you know, 20 years old, bouncing from job to job, moving from place to place, moving from relationship to relationship. Well, I wonder why that is almost seems like I've got some beliefs about how the world works and I'm just mm. acting those out. Yeah, man. I had a friend a, a while back. Um, so sad, did my best to help him, but he knew he had this problem of like, whenever things got difficult, he had to move and change his circumstance because he's like, I'm really good when it's, when it's an emergency, when I like move to a new city and I have to figure everything out and meet new people and nothing is familiar. He's like, I thrive on that because I'm constantly in, um, I'm in figure it out mode or die. Mm -hmm. Right. He's like, I'm really good at that. I'm really bad at living when I'm thriving because you know, like, like when he's secure, yeah, when I'm planted. secure and planted, he's like, I get this overwhelming and sure enough, some, some, something really hard happened. And um, in that in that very secure time, family, friends, people around him, but he had to go, and he just disappeared, and it was like mm. my and he heart, ghosts everyone. Yeah, yeah, it just hurt my heart because I love this man so much, and how how like being a friend to someone like that, maybe even seeing that in yourself, how would you help them or slow them down enough? Be maybe before that tragedy to help them start like getting a grip on this is the new reality. You don't have to run. I think it's just asking. And, and I feel free with a friend cause it's hard to watch that play out and, and to feel helpless in that. Um, but I, I think it's just helping a person understand, like, if you don't like how it is, this is how it'll be if you keep doing it. Right. So if you don't mm -hmm. like it today, just know it's probably going to be the same in a year, five years, 10 years. Are you okay with it? The other thing about that that I talk to people a lot about is I, is I think some of us are starters and some are sustainers, okay? Mm. And so starters are like your friend, right? They are mm. fantastic at starting. They can go to the places, do the thing, get past the nerves, set up shop. Like they're so yep. good at that. Yep. And then there are people who are so good at sustaining, right? Like they can just live in a space forever, even when they shouldn't, right? Mm. They're like, why set up camp here? I'm actually never going to move, even if I really should, because I'm a sustainer. Uh -huh. And so what I try to help people see is like, we're all wired more towards one than the other. And so the goal is to develop that other side. So I'm a starter. I need to work on sustaining. Your friend does too, right? There's other people I talk to where like, you're a sustainer. And like, that's super cool. You haven't changed in 20 years, but maybe you ought to, like, maybe it's actually time. That's really that's good. good. And you know, it's funny. It's almost like it's easier to see how the starters are deficient. Mm-hmm. 
right? Because, oh, yeah, the new guy, and then they leave, and then they, you know, appear on the scene, or... Seems like instability. Down. Yeah, it seems... In, but, and maybe we, like, kind of praise the stability... Right, of a sustainer. Overgrowth. Yeah, true. Hmm. I like that. I like that uh, distinction between the two uh, ways of approaching life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think you're right about what you're saying because the, the sustainers kind of get more credit, you know, it's almost like, well, that's the better version to be. Uh, and then if yeah. you really dig in, you're like, but is it though? Like, I don't actually know if that is the best version to be. Right. They have their challenges and growth areas too. Hmm. Yeah. It doesn't make anybody a bad person. It's just our unique wiring. And so, um, I think we have to understand that because what, what happens a lot of times is that whatever we're wired to, we still want the opposite. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm wired for starting. I could, you know, we move to a different country, set up, talk to me in a month and I'd be like, I'm doing great. Um, <laughs> and yet I want a marriage and I want a family. Mm -hmm. And so that is kind of not congruent with starting. Right. That, that's <laughs> yeah. like you sort of have to sustain that. Like you got to hang out for a little while. Uh -huh. And so I think what happens to us is that we all long for the other side and we just have to be willing to admit that it's going to take something different to get it. I, I love that oh, uh, really facing the truth in, in that, like, do you, do you want to be the same person you are? If you're not changing anything and you're not working on yourself, you're not growing intentionally, you don't, I was having this conversation with someone. I said, and maybe you could correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but I said that human beings are the only like living organism that won't grow to its potential given its opportunity. Like you think about like put a great white in a small cage or small tank and it's only going to grow to the size that the tank will allow. Put it in the wild and it will grow to its potential. Same with a tree. Put it in a small plot, a pot and it will only grow to that size that the pot restricts it to. You put it in the, in the wild with the correct food and water, it will grow to its potential that it's allowed to. Human beings though can be given everything and every opportunity for that growth yep. and still can stay stunted. It could maintain yeah. its, its size. Well, we have agency. We right. have free will. So yeah. I, I love that. Like, are you okay with that? Mm. In 10 but years, it's hard. you could be the same. I, it's a hard decision, especially if you know the cage. You mm. know, there's uh, there's this video I saw where um, I think they had some bears and they were abandoned. And so they raised them up to be adult bears. And, and so they had this video of like, we're releasing the bears. And there's these big cages and everyone's kind of hiding, you know, and they yank open the door and then nothing happens. <laughs> and, and they're just like, right. oh, okay, like, can, can you poke it with a stick? Or like, what do you do when the bear won't leave the cage? And they're like, hey, you know, like, this is all yours now. And the bear is just like, doing its bear thing in the cage because it's lived there. So good. Wow. And, and so I think if we've just lived there, sometimes people in our life, like even you with your friend, you're like outside the cage and you're like, hey, buddy, just step out. And he's like, yeah. oh, but I just, I know the cage. I just yeah. know the cage. And so yeah. there might be something way better outside, but I'm going to stay where I'm safe. Oh, yeah. Mm. Wow. So that kind of, it relates back to, what you were saying about your own themes of like, I can't do that or I'll get hurt. Can't do that or I'll get hurt. It's like knowing that cage, right? What role does forgiveness play in all of that? Yeah, you have to, you have to blow out the candle on that. That's a hard thing to do because we kind of keep those candles lit uh, because they reinforce what we believe. 
And, and so mm -hmm. forgiveness eliminates the need to do that. So if I've forgiven those people who have hurt me and I've forgiven myself for hurting people, um, then I don't have to live in the cage. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times what we do is we support our living in the cage by, by continuing to be angry and, and not forgive ourselves or others. And it just reinforces why we need to do that. So true. Yeah, it's dark in here. Where's the light? Oh, yeah. Light the candle. <laughs> yep. Yep, exactly. And, and so that's a process a lot of people have to work through. Um, and some people, you know, they, it's kind of like the starter sustainer thing. Some people have a really hard time forgiving others and others have a really hard time forgiving themselves. And so it's kind of like, which one do you struggle with and how do we improve that? Yeah. So what, what are the steps we take to forgive? Yeah. My question is usually in my clients, you know, anybody that would listen to this, that's a client is like groaning right now because, uh, they get real tired of this, but, um, I would just say like, how does it help you to hang on to it? So tell me first. How is this helping you to hang on to it? Um, and if you wanted to get to that next place, what would you have to do with this to get there? Hmm. Would you still want to carry it? And a lot of people will be like, Jason, you're super annoying uh, and it's not helpful and I don't want to carry it. And I guess I would have to have some grace along with the truth. Hmm. Wow. And isn't that interesting? Jesus was full of both grace and truth. That's why we have two hands, grace and truth. That's what <laughs> exactly. I think that's about. Two hands. Oh, love that. Man, well, if you are listening and you're like, I need that. I love this little intro. We've gotten to it. You need to get the book, Get Past Your Past by Jason Van Ruler. We're going to link it in the show notes. And he outlines um, really practical ways to work through each of these things, just like the steps for forgiveness that he was just talking about. It's in the book and there are exercises to work through. And um, even if you don't have like a horrendous past, we all have stuff that we can work through. Like Jason, you were describing, you know, you grew up in a, a relatively normal home. Then you had a divorce in the home, which is relatively normal. And you had a lot of stuff you had to work through, yeah. stuff that came from that. Um, and so don't, don't assume that this doesn't apply to you folks. You know, something after working with hundreds and hundreds, I should say thousands of clients, something I, I just know is always true is people downplay what they've been through. Yeah. And mm -hmm. everyone feels their own pain 100%. So that's, that's so good. And it's, you know, that's something if I could go back and, and I wish I had known earlier would have been that it's not about it being too much or not enough. It's just about being important. And so what I do, and I'm sure you guys see with clients is, is people either do the too much or not enough, right? Yeah. It's not enough to actually deal with, or it's too much and no one understands. Mm -hmm. um, and I say it, it just is. And so because it just is, let's just talk about it. And, and maybe, Maybe it isn't a big deal and you talk about it for like two days and you're like, oh, that was great. And maybe that's a conversation that lasts years. But I think if we could skip doing that thing we do where we try to like qualify it or judge it and just talk about what it is. Yes. So good. Back to that truth part. Back to that mm -hmm. reality. Yeah, it's so important. It's, it's incredible how when, whenever we run from truth, truth always kind of catches up to us. So we have it's, to it's embrace like it. It's so bad. You sprint <laughs> yeah. and it just comes along with. Yes. It's right. so true. I forgot. Uh, I, actually, I think it was Jordan Peterson who said, you know, it's a type of insanity when you think that that untruth will prevail over the truth because you're thinking that the, the um, you know, the just imagination will actually become more real 
than the real. And that's Wouldn't that be preposterous. Great? Yeah. Hey, if we could pull it off, I'm all in. I just don't think it works that way. Yeah, it does. We can't live there. No. Oh, so good. Man, this has been a, a, a fabulous conversation. It has been. Where could people find your book? Yeah, it's on it's on all the big sites, uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, and it's available as an audiobook, Kindle, and uh, paperback as well. And if you are listening right now and you're like, I love Jason's voice, how could I listen to that for like hours? <laughs> Get the audiobook. I read it just for you. You're gonna love it. Uh, but that's but just awesome. know that's out there too. I love that. Uh, also, where could people find you on the internet? Yeah, so I'm jasonvr.com is my website. And then I do daily tips on Instagram and other social sites. I'm jason.vanruler and I do tips about mental health, trauma, relationships, all that good stuff. Fabulous. Okay. We'll link all of that in the show notes so you guys could just go click there. And we're going to close out this episode the way that we close out all of our episodes. And that's by asking you this question. Rewind back to your first couple years of marriage and ask yourself, what advice do I wish I would have received? And then fill in the blank, dear young married couple. Mm. Okay. Dear young married couple, you have to talk about it. You have to talk about it. I think that would have been very helpful. Yeah. I love it. Simple and very, very true. Yep. Accurate. I mean, that was a wood sign in the house above the kitchen. You have to, I'd be like, oh, I hate that sign. And also would have helped so much. I would have put That's like, good. don't be dumb. Talk about it. Like that would have been mine. <laughs> we have to talk to you about grace. You got the truth part down. You got to work on grace. That's, That's okay. We'll get there. I love it. Oh, thank you so much, Jason. This has been fabulous. And we look forward to seeing the impact that this book makes on many, many people. Well, thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. Do you want help getting to the next level in your ministry or personal development? We would love to help coach you. I made this statement before. Everyone needs a counselor. Just think about it. Every person competing at the highest levels has someone in their corner. Yeah, leadership doesn't have to be lonely, and we would love to help you. Just shoot us a text, 916-678-1797. And you can also find out more information at DearYoungMarriedCouple.com. P.S. You don't have to be married to get some help. So just reach out, contact us. We'd love to walk alongside you.